I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a podcast from the Smart Material Collective, made by nerds, funded by the listeners. Is hair a material? Are biscuits a material? Are crystals a material? Is plastic a material? Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Are eggs a material? Is water a material? What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at your question. And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Talk. I'm your host, Anna Pajajski, and I'm a nerdy material scientist trying to find out if there's more to the materials around us than just graphs and atoms. To do that, this is the podcast where I talk to people who know materials from a slightly different angle from me. My guest this episode is Sarah Brower. Sarah is the events manager at UCL's Institute of Making, a talented ceramicist and self-proclaimed slime queen. Before we begin, I want to issue a warning that this episode contains very squelchy sounds of slimes, which some listeners might find disturbing. You have been warned. I started by asking Sarah how exactly she came to be crowned the Queen of Slime. I feel like it started when I was three years old. (laughs) Amazing. Although I'm sure my parents felt like it started long before. Oh, yeah. I always was mixing up like horrible mixtures, (laughs) like all my mum's cosmetics and then like flour and then tea (laughs) and then putting them like in her nicest teapot and leaving it out in the garden for three weeks. And (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, when I then joined the Institute of Making, which is where I work, I was asked to put on a slime open day, like a big public event for thousands of people. I just felt like, you know, it was my destiny. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember I actually called my mum when I was planning that event and had been told. And she was like, oh, my God, I never, you know, I never thought it would come in handy, but you've always been good at slime. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was all worth it. Yeah, so that's really how I like became properly into slime. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this event, because the Institute of Making is about materials and making processes, I had to do a lot of testing. So making different slimes, trying out different ingredients, finding out, you know, what the slime scene was about, <laughs> which was amazing. Which we will come on to. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so it was six months of... Not just researching slime and like really cool people, um, academics working with slime, but also, you know, just actually making it. 
People kept walking in on me while I was making slime and I think by the end they were like, oh God, not again. (laughs) So tell me about the event then. So the event, which I have to give massive credit to uh, Ben Slotover, who is actually the guy who came up with the event idea in the first place, and also to everyone at the Institute of Making, um, including Zoe, the director, who came up with the Slime Olympics. (laughs) So the event was a mixture of like a massive slime making lab where we collected the most popular ingredients that go into slime and after extensive testing sort of had formulated a recipe. (laughs) And then a whole set of sporting events that we called the Slime Olympics, which tested the material properties of slime. So it would look at like the stickiest slime or the stringiest slime or like the slime that you could pull into the longest like continuous link or like the slime that you could stretch the widest from four different angles and the slime that makes the biggest bubble like the slime that makes the biggest noise like all these different amazing uh nicole uh the make space manager at the institute actually built a shoe a contraption with a shoe on it where the shoe would slide over a slime (laughs) (laughs) to slapstick test yes (laughs) to check just how deadly your slime would be if you left it out (laughs) um so much fun it was so good and then we also had lots of interesting researchers who work with slime in different contexts so we had um an artist who works with bioplastic (gasps) called naeus hello this is anna from the future here naeus's full name is naeus torres tamaret and they are from the collective phenotypica Links to everyone mentioned in this podcast are in Sarah's blog, which is on the Institute of Making website. The link to that is in the show notes. And then we had a chemist called Andres Tretriakov who was looking at all the, like, what happens on a molecular level with slime and links and polymer bonds and blah. <laughs> uh, and then we had the queen of algae, Brenda Parker, <sighs> who uh, researches algae around the world and she did like extracting things from spirulina and slimy pigments and stuff like that. And then we had this amazing researcher, Ben Hansen, who is a mechanical engineer of the flow of liquid. I hope I've got this right, Ben. And he was looking at slimes um, and swallowing in healthcare settings And that just absolutely blew my mind when I met him because I've been looking at slime as a really fun, tactile plaything to make. And then suddenly along comes this guy who's looking at like, you know, stroke survivors and how easy it is for them to eat and whether you can set up like a standardized like thickness of slimy liquids that enables people to eat by the mouth rather than, you know, having to be fed by tubes. And like his work is so important. It was just... Like that kind of dimension. Yeah. Just, it was incredible. Just, oh, amazing. Yeah. So, the whole event was, was just amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, without further ado, let's yeah. take a look at these very tempting slimes that you've placed before. Us. Yes. So I've got four slime samples here, but the first one is really, you know, your, your base slime. Mm-hmm. So this is like the stuff you start out with. Before you carry on, you know, just get the basics right. Slime level one. Yeah. So this is like a thick, white, slimy liquid. (laughs) And uh, when you take it out, it's got that classic slimy property. And the more you touch this and knead it, the less stringy it becomes. 
Uh. <laughs> I got it on the table already. No. You saved oh it. You saved it. <laughs> so your basic slime is, um, so the recipe I use is a mixture of PVA glue. Mm-hmm. And there are like, you know, extensive theories about which PVA is the best PVA. And then borax solution. Ah, okay. Yeah. Lots to say about both of these ingredients. So you only need these two ingredients to make this most basic of slimes. Yeah, when I first started looking at recipes, it said like contact lens solution and then like, you know, something else and then borax and then like water and I don't know, God knows what salt. And this is really all you need. When you pull the slime apart, like Anna's doing right now, (laughs) if you do it fast enough, you'll snap it. Yeah, it's like brittle. Yes, exactly. There's an amazing thing about slime. If you do it slowly, it can go on for meters yeah. if you're patient enough. But if you if you do it quickly, it will just snap apart floor. So does that mean that it's a sheer thinning liquid? Is that the right, or is it sheer thickening? Uh, sheer thickening. It's when force is applied that it thickens. Yeah. I think it's sheer thickening. Oh, shit. Ah, is there slime on the microphone? You're doing well, you're doing well. Yeah. <laughs> You can't you can't stop for a second because it will just like slip off your fingers. And this is this is the (gasps) fuck. (laughs) So listeners, it's Slimageddon. Listeners will be familiar with the podcasting studio, and that the table is made of carpet. Yeah, and carpet and slime is like should not mix. So, So we have a slime care label, which tells you how to look after your slime and yourself, and um it. It mentions to keep it away from furniture, clothes, hair, pets, and small children. Um, right. Yeah. Maybe this is a good time to do the public safety announcement. Should we do a little bit of... Yeah, yeah okay. just while I try and get this slime off my hands. So, slime. Um, we. I think we'll go into borax later, won't yes. we? Okay. The, you know, demon of the slime world. <laughs> but first, slime care. So we would say, I would say... Wash your hands before and after playing with slime. You wash it before because you don't want your slime to get dirty. You know, if you've got a prized slime, you don't want dust in it. Yeah. So after you've played with it, you know, there is stuff in there that you don't want to get into your food or like wipe onto your face. Um, Just like you wouldn't want fairy liquid going into your food, like stuff like that. Yeah. It's, It's quite mild chemicals, but still keep the slime away from... Furniture, clothes, hair, pets, small children. Store slime in an airtight container. And also apparently you can refrigerate it. So if you want to prolong the life of your slime, oh. yeah, it lasts for about a week. If you see signs of mould, bad smell and dirt in your slime, you need to throw your slime away. And you can just put it in the bin? Yeah, always in the bin, not down the sink, because it dries up and it will clog your sink. Ah, yeah. warning. And unfortunately, slime is not very... Uh, sustainable substance so you can't recycle your slime that's sad really sad and lastly do not eat slime this is the main massive thing do not eat your slime no matter how good it smells or it's called like lemon cheesecake or whatever don't eat it okay (laughs) and little kids will try and eat it i usually don't give slime to kids under the age of four ah okay right i've just about picked all of this yeah so anna anna did the the thing that many people will do with slime, which is um, picking up a slime and then being suddenly frozen <laughs> <laughs> by the weird movement properties of the slime. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the more you freeze, 
the faster the slime will try and Escape. do its thing. Yeah. So slime number two is um, when I ask kids what slime they like, this is the holy grail of all slime. Okay. So this is the fluffy slime. <gasps> I know. I mean, you've got like your galaxy slime, your rainbow <laughs> slime, your unicorn slime. But if you're making, you know, like your basic, your basic slime making, this fluffy stuff is what everyone wants. Yeah, this is the. So this is like a bouncy pink slime. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a. It looks like marshmallow. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of glistening. It's made with shaving foam. So if you think of that really fine. So foam. Um, yeah, thank you. It's, it's really got, light. Like, yeah, it's it's light and it's silky, and um, smells good. <laughs> smells of Gillette. So, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> try and help back. I actually <laughs> tested again so many different shaving foams, <laughs> and although there were really good ones that made excellent fluffy slime. Some of them actually just made me feel ill because <laughs> there was, was it like links slime. Yeah, there was like the stench of the teenage boy <laughs> locker room. <laughs> no thanks. And when you're setting up an event for a thousand people to make slime, and you know they're all going to want to make fluffy slime, yeah, you don't buy the one that makes you <laughs> think of teenage <laughs> boys. <laughs> So the, the really interesting thing about this slime is that when I pull it apart really quickly and it does the brittle snap thing, yeah, like the the fracture surface has got lots and lots of tiny little holes, so you can see like the fluffiness of it. It's like a foam. Yeah, there is a foam in there. Foamy slime. Yeah, that's right. So this one is shaving foam plus PVA. Yeah, and I put a little bit of red food colouring in, so we have a nice pastel pink fluffy slime. <laughs> It's so good. It's really nice, isn't it's it? It's like bouncy. Like it is. It's so satisfying to like drop it and then it's like. Blah, 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 you can blah, see blah. why why everyone loves fluffy slime. Definitely mm. right. Firm favorite. Yeah, slime number three. <gasps> so this was an experiment, and um, I tried to put as much glitter as you possibly can <laughs> into a slime. <laughs> And there are kids online. They're usually teenagers, that's why um, I say kids, um, who are amazing at making glitter slime. Like, it's so shiny and vibrant and beautiful, um, and I can't do it. Well, that looks pretty good to me. Thanks. But, you know, the glitter's always under a layer of glue, and I think you need to make really good clear slime. Oh, Which right. is like... Um, like a real specialty in the slime world. So this slime, because I put in big glitter, mm -hmm. so big orange glitters, and then I put in tiny red glitters, and then I put in huge opalesque flakies. Amazing. <laughs> and the result is almost like a crunchy slime. Because there's so much glitter, it feels like there's solids in there. Can I feel the crunchy yeah, slime? Yeah, I'm just trying to give it to Anna. Oh, but it's, it's so stringy. It's going everywhere. I like it. Oh, God, that's so good. That's a real Instagram slime sound. Is it? Yeah. So tell me about slime Instagram then. Oh, um, so I think everyone pretty much knows by now that... Whoa. <gasps> no! No! <laughs> it's on the carpet! <laughs> <laughs> I 
less than 4,000 kids. I'm so bad at slime. <laughs> okay, that carpet's ruined now. <laughs> this isn't the table carpet, this is the floor carpet. Yeah, listeners. we're actually in the worst possible environment. <laughs> there's so many soft surfaces. It's covered in carpet. <laughs> the chairs. Oh, amazing. So, uh, 2017 top Google phrase for how to was how to make slime. No way. Yeah. Uh, slime has just absolutely swept children and young people's crazes and has been so popular. And I thought when I started working on slime that it would be quite a niche thing for me to do. But everyone I've told has just said, oh, my my cousins love it or my nephew loves it or my my little, you know, my brother loves it. And uh, I'd completely underestimated how big this thing is. And it does seem to really, really find its spiritual home on Instagram. (laughs) And YouTube's also good, but Instagram just has these amazing teenagers and, you know, like tweens and kids who are running businesses that sometimes make them tens of thousands of pounds Whoa. yeah um making really good slime and doing an excellent job of also showing and communicating that slime and playing with it in really like sensory amazing ways and then um selling it amazing and like we worked with this community for the event because we you know, once we started realizing, we just felt yeah. like, well, what are we doing? You know, we're, these these people, like, they're the experts. These, yeah. These teenagers and these kids. So we asked them to come on board and work with them. And they came to the event, several of them, to show off their slimes and also, like, sell them in little slime stores. Amazing. And uh, they, they call themselves slimers, more or less. Nice. And, you know, one of them has 30,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. Um miffy slimes and they were all so brilliant yeah like they were so professional and they were all were friends as well and you know like I wish I'd known about this when I was a teenager yeah oh man why do you think it is such a huge craze amongst young people well I think firstly slime is just great yeah like you love it even though you're in a panic now (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like, it's, you know, like, it's rare to find someone who absolutely does not want anything to do with slime. Like, yeah. touching it and playing with it. It's so unpredictable and it's like, mm. colourful and sticky and squelchy. Like, it, it hits so many sensory buzzers at the yeah. same time. I think, unfortunately, we are now at a point where people spend a lot of time online and, you know, like maybe don't go out as much or like even when they go out it's still very screen based at times yeah so especially for kids I mean I can't say I'm not a child growing up right now but I imagine your body and your senses must get bored or something like this Mm. and um, when you then are presented with a substance that is like part of a craze and your friends love it and you love it but it's also like there and you can like chop bits off and share it and you can play with it and you can post about it and get a lot of like approval online but it's also there in your hands and like you can collect it Mm. (laughs) you know like yeah I think that probably is partly why and you can make it there's just something about the sensory nature of it and you can customise it, I guess, as well. Like, yeah. we've just seen the glitter slime and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's endless. Yeah, endless possibilities. Yeah. I did think, though, when we ran this event, I thought kids would really come to play. Mm. But 
the the little ones did, but like the teenagers who came, and some of like the tweens as well, they just came to collect. Oh, interesting. Which struck me as really interesting. Yeah, and they a lot of people came to see the Instagram slimos. Like right. they didn't necessarily come to, for our event; they yeah. came for them. And there was a hashtag about the event, which was <laughs> like not even really about the event anymore. <laughs> it was just <laughs> about the Instagram slimers. It's it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I remember, like the kids were like ravenous wolves. <laughs> Slime. It was insane. And once they had it, like they weren't going to play with it. They would, they would hoard it. And um, in my naivety about this, I put out a big bin, which was called the slime ends bin, like a big okay. slot bucket. Yeah. You, like if your slime got dirty or you didn't like it, you could put it in there. Yeah. And we started it off with like about two liters of slime that we thought was not desirable. <laughs> to set the example, and within 10 minutes of the event opening, it was like a queue around the block for the event to open. Within 10 minutes, that huge bucket, which must have been about 40 litres big, was just picked dry. <laughs> there was nothing left in it. <laughs> wow. It was like a plague of locusts. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like Beatlemania, but for slime. It was like that. That's what Zoe described it as. It was... <laughs> Yeah. What were they like screaming and hysterical? Yeah, kids were running, running into the event. Um and and people were queuing because the the quantities like yeah. we were not prepared for how many people would come. Yeah. It was three times as many as we usually have. And I must say at the end I feel like every single one of them personally walked over me. <laughs> That's how it felt after. They were just so passionate and people had come from Manchester and Bradford and people had booked hotels and you know it was just amazing like I've never seen such a response to a material or any event I've ever been involved in. People often ask what makes Chaotic Adequate different from the other live play RPG podcasts available on the fabulous internet. Well other podcasts are heartbreakingly without actual scholar of horror Amanda DeJoya. We're not prisoners. We're your You're all prisoners. No. <laughs> I want to speak to the top priest. I want to speak to the manager. <laughs> they sorely lack comedian and actor Angus Dunnigan. She's uh, me, by the way. I say to this dragon, hello, are you the homeowner? <laughs> the dragon looks almost offended that you would imply that he was renting. And uh, other podcasts are tragically bereft of the scientist, comedian and semi-professional troll, Steve Cross. Oh, I love Chagrin Battlefounder, come to rescue you. Do you want to roll for potential seduction? Crucially, though, most D&D podcasts have a writer, creator, and dungeon master who's actually played the game before. We, conversely, have Gregory Aikman. There's about 18 different possible quest lines you're going to take and, <laughs> and, and you invented a new one. New episodes each week, new characters to meet, slash accidentally murder, and always new things to get a bit wrong. Join us in the world of Chaotic Adequate. It's... It's very silly. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. 
Only from Rustolium. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Right, should we have a look at number four? Okay, the final slime sample. So this one has a smell. <laughs> and um, it's got an, a peppermint essential oil mixed into it. And it's green. It is very minty and it's green. So you can see why people would eat it. Oh, yeah. Um, but besides that, this slime also has a large quantity of Johnson's baby lotion mixed in. Oh, wow. Which makes it stringy slime. <gasps> so this slime will stretch. Whoa. Oh, like up and up and up. And if you do something fun, like put it through a grid, it will just make the most beautiful like droplets and strings of drops and... I'm a bit scared to use this one. <laughs> Maybe just dip a finger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you dip your fingers in and pinch it and then raise them up, yeah, you can do it like really far. Yeah, this is the kind of slime I think it could maybe stretch three or four meters. Whoa! And the slime tub, by the way, is I don't know four ounces or so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's mesmerizing to watch. Yeah, can we try and put it through the grid? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I've got um. A chip fryer oh, yeah. basket, and um, it's got a metal grid. I'm going to take a video of this, <gasps> listeners, Yes, and we'll post it on our Twitter. So we'll record the sounds of it live, and you'll be able to watch the video after this podcast comes out. Okay. Go. So Sarah's pouring the slime from the pot into the grid, and it's oozing through... Oh. And then it's dropping really quickly onto the floor. But it's so stringy. Yeah, it's stringing right from the top. And Sarah's not a short person. Nope. From Holland. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah. So what kind of slime would you like to make, Anna? <laughs> Please may I make the fluffy slime? <gasps> I knew it. Just like all these slimos. Thank you. 
All right. So usually I work with shot glasses. <laughs> cool. And um, the recipe is six shots of 50% diluted PVA. And you can find this recipe on the Institute of Making website. Awesome. A, a blog post about slime. So shake the Gillette can. Is it foaming up? It is. How much do I put in? More. So now you add your um, accoutrements. (laughs) (laughs) I call them slime accessories sometimes. I prefer accoutrements (laughs) myself. So I'm going to add the iridescent snowflakes. Yes. Amazing. Okay. And my green dye. Yeah. This is for just food colouring. That's right. With the flakes, you can just put any kind of glitter or yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For dyeing it, like food colouring is good and also you know it's safe because it's food grade. And then you take a stick. And then you mix everything. Okay, that's all mixed in now. Lovely. So my rule with the, the slime making is put in everything before you add your borax or whatever you use to stiffen it up. Because once you start making those polymer bonds in the slime, that's it. Right. Game over. There's no going back. There's no going back. Okay. So I'm giving Anna the borax solution. And this says 2% borax. That's right. So borax is not sold over the counter in England, although you can actually buy it on eBay, so I don't... Whatever. (laughs) But you used to get it in boots and now you don't. But pure borax powder is considered toxic and it's, uh, I think, an unproven link to do with fertility in women. And I think it's used a lot in farming and that's really where they have to curb the effects of it. But I I hope I'm getting this right. But if you dilute it to 8% or below as a solution, it's not considered toxic. In water? That's right. Okay. So for everyone who is freaking out about borax, and I know there are many of you, I've done so much research on this, and I've consulted with chemists at UCL and elsewhere, and this seems to be the safe way to work with borax. Cool. You can mix it up at home at your own risk, but do not give borax powder to kids. You can get borax, instead of using the solution, you can use contact lens solution as well. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Also, like when you go onto the internet slime hole, um, (laughs) you find out that there is a a special little washing detergent that (laughs) everyone finds after. Right. And I think that's because a lot of parents don't let kids use borax at home but this washing powder has similar properties probably because it's got borax in it to be honest it must do yeah, yeah. okay so little. i'm just squeezing some of this borax solution in yeah and now stir it so i'm starting to stir so it. anna's stirring this soupy slimy mess oh it's thickening up there's a glob forming in the middle <gasps> A beautiful slime glob. So it's completely separated. So there's there's runny bits underneath, but actually there's <laughs> much yeah. firmer bits there's now like around a, the pencil. There's like a slimy lump um, forming out of the primordial sludge that Anna is stirring. Yeah. So I usually say like six squirts of borax. Wow, okay, that's quite yeah. a lot. 
When it's in the solution, it's fine to like get it on your skin and get it on your clothes and stuff, is it? Yeah, I mean, it would be. <laughs> she says because she just got it on her yeah. skin and her clothes. <laughs> it would be. It would be highly unlikely that it would irritate you. If you do have a reaction, you probably have an allergy to it or something in it. Then I would wash it off with running mm-hmm. water and then go and seek some medical advice. Yeah, uh, just to be sure. The main thing is to just be careful about not ingesting it. Right. Don't eat slime. Yeah, that's why you wash it off so you don't accidentally get it in your mouth. There comes a point where you're not sure if there's enough borax in it and it's looking really slimy, but it also is like too slippery to pick up properly. Keep adding borax until you see these little legs appear from the slime to the side of the bowl you're mixing in. Like a lot of tiny little strings that I call legs. And once you see those legs, you've added enough... Amazing. And you just keep stirring for like five minutes. So I would say once the legs appear and you're confident it's not going to go everywhere, start kneading it with your hands for the final three minutes. Oh, that's a good slime, Anna. Yes. <laughs> it's very th- firm, actually. Yeah, fluffy slime is, is nice like that. This is my favourite one because you can just talk <laughs> and then you can look away and when you look back, it isn't all over the recording studio. Because it's not a hazard. <laughs> this is not a hazard. That makes it the worst slime. Because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't escape. <laughs> oh, I made my first slime. Well done, it's a good one. Thank you. Um, Anna's slime is a lovely pastel green. With beautiful iridescent flakes <laughs> and a nice bouncy character. Yeah, it is bouncy. You sound like um, like one of those people that um, commentate on crufts. Yes. <laughs> and a slime has a long lineage, <laughs> dating back to um, Hobby Craft PVA from 2018. <laughs> okay, so I was reading up exactly what the chemistry of slime is. <gasps> The PVA is the polymer bit. Um, so the PVA molecules are these long strings, as you were mentioning. And the borax solution has boron as like ions. So they're these like little boron atoms floating around, which have a charge inside the liquid. And when you mix the two together, those little boron ions will link the chains together. And when you have links in between polymer molecules, that tends to make things more viscous and kind of more sticky. And so that's what you're feeling like as you're mixing it around and it becomes more and more stiff and like difficult to mix. That's because you're creating all these little molecular links mm. in between the molecules. I'm glad you um, explained that. <laughs> That's about as far as my chemistry can take me, I think. Um, so I've actually been doing some research on the history of slime. Oh, my God. Okay, and so um, it was first used as a toy in... It was introduced as a toy in 1976, uh, which was by, I think, an, is it is Mattel an American company? Maybe. I, I don't know. It's, isn't it the Barbie company? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they introduced this, like, slime toy that was slime that came in, like, a plastic trash can. This first slime was made from something called guar gum, which comes from the guar bean. Oh, um, gosh. Instead of the PVA, but it's a similar kind of molecule, I think. And, again, they use, like, a boron-containing thing to cross-link it. Before that, yeah. slime was introduced... Uh, on television. So the first appearance of slime in TV was actually in the 1960s in the UK on a programme called Not Only But Also. And it was an adult's like comedy show. Um, And it was a sketch called Poet's Corner. 
And this was an improvisational poetry contest between Peter Cook and Dudley Moore was the ref. And then the poetry contest was between Peter Cook and a like guest. Oh and so they would do this like poetry off, but they would be like suspended over a vat of slime. <laughs> and then at the end of every sketch, everyone gets dunked in the slime. <laughs> I have to say, like dunking or gunging, I think it's called, I guess there's a lot of it everywhere, but I, Britain seems to be particularly into the gunge. And when I started looking for promotional pictures for the slime event, I kept seeing these amazingly graphic pictures of fully clothed women being, like, slimed. Right. And I thought at first I was just super lucky to find all these images of slime. And then I realised it was a pattern. <laughs> You've got a really disgusted look on your face. It was pretty seedy. <laughs> it's people who like seeing other attractive people covered in slime. So gunging is a really interesting point because gunge and slime are similar but not actually the same. What? Gunge is much more um, liquidy. Oh. Um, and the first use of gunge on TV was made from an industrial powder thickener called natrosol. And apparently this is used for making the sauce for apple pies. <gasps> That's like the key ingredient in apple pies. Oh, my God. Um, and gunging, I remember from my childhood as being like a core element to children's TV. Yeah, I didn't get that. See, <laughs> this is this is what growing up in, in England is. I didn't, I don't get it. Right. It wasn't there. Right. <laughs> so, like, there was one particular programme called Get Your Own Back, oh. which was, like, kids and the, usually their parents. Yeah. Um, and they would be like, my mum's really annoying because she always makes me eat my vegetables. And then the mother would be like, <laughs> well, you have to eat your vegetables. And then there'd be two kids and two parents or, like, whatever, like, people that they wanted to get their own back on. It could be a teacher, I think. Yeah. Um, and then they would, like, go through all these, like, competitions or, like, contests, like, physical contests. And then at the end... They, they, the adult was like <laughs> winched up on this slide um, and the kids would like ask the adults questions and if they got it wrong then the adult would be like winched up slightly higher on the slide so it was like the tension was building the tension was building and then at the end it's like get your own back and then they pull this lever and the adult careers down this slide into this enormous gunge pool oh and all the kids are like yay oh my god it's it was I mean, ridiculous. I, I grew up without a television around different countries for most of my childhood. But I have to say, I feel like this is a British thing. Like, <laughs> Maybe it is. All the people I know who are from Britain talk about this. And <laughs> I don't understand how such like a self-effacing, polite culture has this <laughs> obsession with gun. gun. Yeah, gun. it's like they just snap or something. It's bizarre. I don't know what it is because there's a, the other variant of gunging is where you sit on a chair and there's like a gun trap above yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you pull the thing and it goes all over you. Because it is humiliating. So I read the origin of gunging. <gasps> oh right? my God, this is so good. Which was actually, I think, from American TV. Yeah. Um, and basically this little boy... Um, needed to have like some kind of like funny punishment or whatever, mm. like not a serious punishment, but like you lost the game or whatever. Mm. Um, so there's this little boy and um, they wanted to pour like rubbish over him, like trash, like food waste, oh. like really smelly, like horrible. Like it sounds actually really cruel. That's mean. <laughs> like disgusting. Oh. <laughs> uh, it was like in the 70s or whatever. And so they they went to pour this stuff over him, but the trash had like 
aged. Oh, no. And you know when you get, like, bin juice? He got bin juiced. <laughs> oh, my God, that's awful. He got bin juiced. But, like, the viewers went nuts for it because it was, like, slimy. Like, it was gungy. Oh, my God. So, like, everyone watching it, like, loved it. And they were like, okay, we need to invent something that's similar to that, but, like, not a health hazard. <laughs> that isn't going <laughs> to potentially give him a host of diseases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so they invented gunging and they invented this recipe for like this gungy material and that's where we get slime oh from. Oh my god. None of the health hazards, just the humiliation. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but why is it that the gunge drove people crazy? I don't know. Uh, is it I like I I'm sorry to say this, but it must be something to do with bodily fluids. I guess. Cuz there it, like it's about the disgust right like yes. mixed with the like comic like weirdness of it yeah it must be because like pe- watching people get like water chucked on them is not, not the same thing no it's not funny no the same way no oh no this discussion has turned really dark it's now sad and psychological sorry this is me i always do this <laughs> So you mentioned the Institute of Making has, you wrote a blog for that. Yes, that's um, right. Where else can people, or where can people find that? And then where else can people find other potential slime recipes yeah. or the slimers that you've mentioned? So um, <clears throat> I would start with the blog because it's kind of like the collection of all the research that I was able to do because of my lovely workplace. And it mentions a few articles that I researched, which are really good at explaining the science behind it. And also it has a list of all the slimers that were involved in the event. But otherwise, you know, type in slime on Instagram and how to make slime. And, you know, it's like it's all there. And don't give up. If you make it a few times, it doesn't work. Just keep going because you'll find your slime groove. I couldn't make anything at first. Amazing. Yeah. That's so nice. Um, so would you like listeners to follow you on the socials? Oh, yeah. Why not? I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Sarah Brow, S-A-R-A-B-R-O-U-W. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And um, I am for the Institute of Making Running a Slime Workshop at New Scientist Live in September. So if you want to come and see the Slime Lab, that's an opportunity. And will there be the Slime Olympics there as well? There will be a few Slime Olympics events, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for coming on Real Talk, Sarah. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. So that's it for another episode of Real Talk. Tickets are still on sale for Real Talk Live on the 4th of October in London's King's Cross. The ticket link is in the show notes. Come along to see myself and the ultra-cool Zoe Laughlin in conversation about ice. I'll also be bringing stacks of Real Talk merch, some of which is already on sale at smartmaterialcollective.com, but some of which I'm saving for my very special live podcast audience, so watch this space. If you want to come and visit Sarah and the Institute of Making Slime Stall, New Scientist Live is at the London Excel Centre from the 20th to the 23rd of September. That is this weekend. I'll be down there on Sunday all day making a mess, so come along and say hi. This has all been a bit London-centric, hasn't it? So if you need some materials loving outside of the M25, then please get in touch. We would love to come and do a live recording near you. As ever, we're at Real Talk on Twitter. That's R-I-A-L Talk. And we'll be back with another episode in two weeks' time. So until then, keep it real. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.